on the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Happy Monday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I'm Indy Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Big Sarge of Big Sarge Sports, and most importantly, you. You are you, and you're always welcome to get in the trenches with us to talk all things sports with a special, special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports, American football. So much to talk about. And look, we are here in H-Town, the greatest city in the greatest state in the greatest country in the world. But this is football. This is in the trenches. We talk football here. And I know a lot of you want to talk about the playoffs, even though a Houston team wasn't being represented. And speaking of not being represented, a Houston team's not representing college basketball, number one. But shout out to the Houston Cougs, because I think they'll regain that spot as the Owls, wink, wink, the Owls beat them and they will drop from the number one spot. But let's get to what everyone wants to talk about. What I want to talk about, what we talk about here in the trenches, a little playoff football. I don't know if we had any big surprises, but we do have some uh-ohs to mention moving forward as far as some injuries and some teams that have lost and what are they going to do. Let's keep it right here in Texas. We have Big Sarge, the resident Dallas Cowboy fan in the heezy, in the house. His Cowboys fall to the San Francisco 49ers 19-12. to and this is pretty much what most of the Cowboy haters, I'll call them haters, what they expected for the Cowboys to be bounced. They have a good regular season, and then when the light's on them, the brightest, they just get bounced. First of all, good morning to everyone. Um, two things. One, you know what? I wasn't up as upset about that game as I thought that I would have been because I thought that the Dallas Cowboys would have made way more mistakes than they did. Two... I hate the fact that the Dallas Cowboys were right there. Were right there in what happened. Dak wet the bed again. I told you all last week that do not get caught up in what Dak did to an 8-9 Tampa Bay Buccaneers team led by a 68-year-old quarterback. I know that Tom Brady is the GOAT, but do not get caught up in all of that. If Dak really wants to impress me, show me what you can do against a good team. Show me what you can do against the number one defense. And the the Cowboys were right there. That game was for the taking. The Cowboys could have won. Now, I know, and Indy, you remember I said this at the beginning of the season, that Tony Pollard was the, he is the engine that makes that entire offense go. And when he went down, I said, oh, my God. But now, moving away from Dak for a second, let's look at the coaching staff. They have a third-string quarterback in Malik, a third-string running back, excuse me, in Malik Davis, who is just as explosive as Tony Pollard. He just doesn't have the experience. Matter of fact, him and Damian Pierce played together at the University of Florida. If you watched him this year, you've seen that he he is way more explosive than Zeke. And they don't put him in a game. They don't even play him after Tony Pollard goes down. Kellen Moore, what kind of play plays were you calling? Like, uh, Mike McCarthy, like you time management, right? You still don't know. I will say this. When the defense gave up that one drive, they gave up that one drive where they had three penalties and 
two times where Trayvon Diggs should have had interceptions. Like he should have took the one from Kittle. And if you're not going to take that one from him, hit him. Hit him and make him come off the ball. Two, the ball comes right into you're a former wide receiver. The ball hits you right in the lap and you and you don't catch it. So on that one drive where they had those three penalties and those two could have been interceptions, I don't blame the defense because they were tired because Dak wasn't doing his job. How many times at the end of the season do we have to say, hey, well, it's unacceptable. It's on me. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I take the blame. Yeah, well, won't you get better instead of taking the blame? All right, Andy, I'm done. <laughs> A lot of Cowboy fans are feeling the same frustration. I'm almost frustrated for y'all, but I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm okay with what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. I, the only reason I wanted to see the Dallas Cowboys have some success is, is just to hear their unbearable fans uh, gloating about beating the San Francisco 49ers. I, I mean, what's crazy is all the heartbreaking losses the Cowboys have had in, in the playoffs the last 20 years. Like, that one was right there for the taking. Like, I, I know we go back to Dez caught that ball. I mean, that's that's the most famous one, I guess, in recent years. It was the one where Romo, what, botched the snap on the against the Seahawks. There was that one. But this one, man, it just felt like just shooting yourselves in the foot. The interception right before halftime, you're already in field goal range. And say what you want about, about Brett Maher. Luckily, it didn't come down to him being the one that cost him the game. Uh, very well could have. Because my friend said, if they go down and score this in the final minute, to tie the game and they missed the extra point to send it to overtime. Like that would have been just brutal. But I just, it, it, it was an ugly game. But man, it, you just look at the lost opportunities. That one right before halftime where Dak throws the interception, you're already in the red zone. You, you're, you know, you're at least getting a field goal, if not a touchdown. And then the one to start around the start of the second half where they go right down the field, get to the goal line and they can't punch it in. They have to settle for a field goal. It was just, those were the plays where you went, man, I hope that doesn't come back to cost him. But to me, the turning point in the game, how about that George Kittle catch? The that, one-handed bobble. That was a yeah. bobbled it off his, off his face mask and then recovers and makes the catch. That gave them life. Yeah. That kept that drive going and suddenly gave their offense a little bit of a spark. And, you know, look, you lose to Brock Purdy. But that, that to me was... That's a game where you pay Dak Prescott what you pay him to step up and rise to the occasion. And he didn't rise to the occasion. I think we're finding, you know, we found out, too, as the season went along. Outside of C.D. Lamb, Cowboys need some pass catchers, man. Nothing against Michael Gallup and those guys, but, like, they need they need some dogs. And they don't have any dogs. Well, Dak, hold on. Dak Prescott is Tony Romo. When it's all said and done, Dak Prescott is Tony Romo. So I went back to check, and I hope this source is credible. Because after that game, I said to myself, He's Tony Romo. You know, they put up good season, excuse me, good regular season records. They put up good numbers, but in the playoffs, they don't come through. And I saw this stat when I, when I Googled it and I looked at two different sources and saw the same number. So I hope it's correct. Tony Romo, two and four playoff record, 0 and three in the divisional round. Dak Prescott, two and four playoff record, 0 and three in the divisional round. I didn't know those numbers were going to match up exactly. And again, I'm still trying to confirm it, but I saw the same numbers from two different sources. But nowadays, since everybody's a source, you really have to make sure you dig deeper. But Dak Prescott is Tony Romo. So my question is, is it a quarterback issue? Tony Romo's a good quarterback. Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, said that he felt like Tony Romo was a better quarterback than him, Troy Aikman himself, but, you know, obviously didn't have the best team. Dak Prescott, whether we like it or not, he's a good quarterback. He's better than the majority of the quarterbacks uh, that are playing in the NFL. When you see that type of failure and when you see this team 
get to where they're getting in the divisional round and get bounced the way they've been bounced over the last 20 years, is this more of a organizational issue than it is just that quarterback? Well, I, I will say this. Tony Romo... Tony Romo didn't have what Dak had. And I understand, you know, the, and your numbers are spot on. They're accurate. And, you know, but they're two different type of players when it came to the playoffs, Indy. Tony Romo never had the defense that uh, that um, Dak Prescott has had, you know, these last couple of years. If Tony Romo would have had that type of defense, then his mistakes wouldn't have been as glaring because the mistakes that he made with a weak defense meant that, okay, they're not going to go get us the ball back. I made the mistake. This other team's, the other team is about to score. But with Dak Prescott, he can make a mistake. The defense goes back and gets him the ball, and then he'll make another mistake. And so Tony Romo never played consistently with the type of defense that Dak Prescott has played with. Now, it is an organizational thing, and it starts with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is one of the most hard-headedest owners in the NFL. Like, his head, he's stubborn. And all he sees is, and I understand he's talking about he's sick. Yeah, you should be sick, uh, Jerry. And at least that's what you're going to tell us because the bottom line is the Dallas Cowboys uh, owner is on, and, and GM is only worried about money. That's all. As long as the Dallas Cowboys are the top grossing NFL team. I, see, I don't know the, if that's true. I think that's what part of uh, Jerry Jones' appeal. He has all the money in the world. He has the number one brand in sports. But it, it, it feels like, and maybe that's just him being a great art, uh, an actor or a carnival bar, whatever you want to call him. It feels like he true he's truly trying and he truly wants to win, but he wants to do it his way. He just had if he was truly about winning, he wouldn't keep hiring yes men. Jason Garrett was a everybody after let's put it like this everybody after Jimmy Johnson has been a yes man to Jerry Jones. Mike McCarthy right now is a yes man. Jason Garrett, for as long as he was there, was a yes man. Kellen Moore is a yes man. Now, I don't think that Dan Quinn is a yes man. I think that he'll push back a little bit on Jerry, but everybody just falls in line and does exactly what he says, where Jimmy Johnson would be like, no, I know more football than you'll ever know in your entire life. And so when you hire these yes men, they're always going to be looking over their shoulder like, well, I wonder if Jerry approves. Prime example. Yesterday, during the warm-ups, Maher was missing field goals, right? Mm -hmm. He was missing field goals during the warm-ups. Jerry Jones walks on the field to give him a pep talk. There's no way that an owner or a GM should be giving him a pep talk. It should be a special teams coach, and if the head coach is out there, those are the ones. Jerry, you stay on the sideline. Who do you think it means more coming for a player, like me as a player? Let's say I had the yips. Let's just say as a defensive end, I had two bad games. If my defensive line coach came and said something during warm-ups, I'd be like, okay, appreciate it, coach. But if the owner came to me and said, you know what, I still got faith in you. I'm still going to be signing your checks. I appreciate what you're doing. That means a lot. So I, I don't think that he was out of line. The owner of the team telling a kicker who's had a historically bad run with point-after attempts to say whatever whatever he said to him. Because I'm assuming he, he was giving him some kind of confidence, some kind of pep talk, nope. and not saying, hey, if you miss, I'm going to cut you. I'm assuming that if Jerry Jones went down to the field to talk to a kicker who had a good regular season, keep in mind, yeah. he had a good regular season, but he's been horrific in the playoffs, and especially just that last game. No, nah, I'm okay with the owner saying, hey, I still have faith in you. Well, if you, listen, I'm unrestricted. As a player, I'll be like, ooh, that means a lot. It's coming from the highest of the high as far as organizational hierarchy. Yeah, but I would just take it all as fluff, Indy, because he's an unrestricted free agent. So whatever you're telling me right now is just to get me over the hump But that's right sportscaster now. talk. <laughs> I'm talking about actual player on the field before the game. Like what you're saying is right as a sports, uh, as a football analyst, but a player's not thinking that. He's just thinking the owner of the team just said, hey, 
I, I got confidence in you. So uh, I'm okay with that. That would be fluff to me. I, I not as a player. To, not as a player. I, and, be. and I can't speak to that. I mean, but you I've can put yourself in, in the mind of the player so on the field the before mind, the game. So like I, right now, if uh, you know, if you've had some horrible takes on this show, and the head of iHeart came in from New York or Eddie Martini, he's here. If you said, "Hey, uh, Sarge, man, keep doing what you're doing. You're 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 getting the emotions of the people, and we appreciate that." That's just fluff. Because if I'm gone, you gone. <laughs> it's just fluff. So, but but you would appreciate it. Knowing you, you you would appreciate it. So that's my point. I would say, Good you God know, I, I would say, I would say, you know what? All my takes, you know, are credited to NDK. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quick time out. If you want to jump in, so much to talk about. 713-212-5790. Should Mike McCarthy be worried about his job? We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches on this Monday morning as we are down to four teams left in the NFL playoffs and a lot to get to. And it's not going to be just about the Dallas Cowboys as we can talk a little Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Man, that when I said uh-oh and some injuries, he toughed through it. For those that don't know, Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain during the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City wins that game 27-20. to But one thing about those high ankle sprains, I- I've had one, and they take a while to get better, to start feeling like yourself. He's not going to feel like himself this Sunday, this Saturday, whenever that next game is. But he's going to feel worse after the day after right now he probably can't put any pressure on that leg so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because he's playing out he's playing against a Bengal team led by Joe Burrow who and the entire team not just Joe Burrow they look at Kansas oh the team that we beat the last three times we played them they're they're not bowing down to the Chiefs so that's going to be very interesting and then Philadelphia is going to be taking on um I just lost it here. San Francisco, San Francisco right in front of me. San Francisco 49ers after what they did to to the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to be very interesting. Two things that I don't believe we're discussing enough. I keep bringing it up. So if you listen to the show, thank you. And you're like, well, I keep hearing about it. San Francisco 49ers, I get that they've put together a great team to surround that quarterback. They're playing in the conference championship with a rookie quarterback who was the last player selected in this year's NFL draft and started the season as the third string quarterback. Like at times during the season, the Texans don't even have three quarterbacks on the roster. Like I I just, and I know Brock Purdy's getting his flowers and they're talking about him, but I'm talking about as a team, I'm talking about as a coach, I'm talking about John Lynch as a uh, general manager. Like they built that team to where, Oh, our first-string quarterback went down? Okay, let's get our second-string quarterback. Oh, he went down? Okay, let's get our third-string quarterback. Oh, and we're still the favorites, you know, to win, to win it all. Like, yeah. in, in a league where, and in our uh, job, whatever you want to call this, where we keep talking about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. We just talked about Dak Prescott as if he's the only one who lost to the San Francisco 49ers. How is that not a bigger story as far as giving props to Shanahan and John Lynch? Uh, or am I missing it? Yeah, I, so let me say this. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the first time, and I think they mentioned this on the broadcast as well. Yesterday was the first time he actually went up against some type of competition as far as defense is concerned. That's the best defense he's played in his you know last eight games. 
um, well, the seven games before yesterday. And Brock Purdy, they won in spite of him, not because of him. Now, he didn't make any mistakes. But, but that's my point. Yeah, so, that's literally my point. Like, he's a third-string rookie quarterback, and they're still winning these games. Like my, When I mentioned that, I wasn't saying, oh, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. I'm saying it's almost like it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, and that should be the props that we give to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan because – in a league where it's all about, oh, if you don't take a quarterback with the number one pick, then you don't have a chance. Or, oh, the Texans have to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they ever want to consider getting to getting deep into the playoffs. Where they're like, yeah, we're just we're just rolling along with our third string quarterback. So, yeah, Brock Purdy, he didn't throw any touchdowns yesterday. Now he didn't throw any interceptions, so yeah. give him props for that. Uh, he didn't have a huge game. He was nineteen of twenty nine for two hundred fourteen yards, but he managed he he managed that team. But it just feels like the way they've built that team with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell, that Kittle. I, I, Kittle, George Kittle, you know, one of the best tight ends in the game right now. I'll never say you could put anybody there, but there's a Davis lot Mills? of people. You think Davis Mills could do what Purdy's doing? Maybe under Kyle Shanahan, maybe. Like I, I, I don't know. Like it's okay. Let me let me answer your question with a question. Physically, when you watch Brock Purdy and you've seen every game Davis Mills has played, physically, do you think Brock Purdy's that much more talented than Davis Mills? No, but he's definitely playing with a, a high level of confidence. And could that be because of his coach? Because of yeah, what's around him? Be. Because of, you know, what's going on Monday through Saturday? Like all that plays into it. He's, he's got to be, he's the quarterback whisperer. I mean, right? Like, right now, he saying, is. like we used to talk about this guy's a quarterback guru and all this kind of stuff. Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback guru. He is getting it done with whoever is under center. It's unbelievable. Now, as we say that, I have to give props to Lamont because he tweeted at, he tweeted or texted me last week when I was giving Kyle Shanahan props, and he was like, oh, hold on. If he's that great of a quarterback whisperer, why couldn't he get it done with Trey Lance, the number one overall pick? So, you, you know, we do have to continue to mention that. No, and I was just going to say this, is that um, um, a couple of things. One, uh, yes, Brock, Brock Purdy did not play bad. I don't think he played well yesterday. And you're right, Indy. It's almost like a plug-and-play system mm -hmm. with the 49ers. But I feel like that if – the Cowboys offense would have been able to sustain longer drives in the second half. Then that would have forced Brock Purdy to have to, you know, play. And that defense would have been able to step up. The second thing is when you have a defense like the 49ers have, when you step on the field as a quarterback, you can be like, well, I make a mistake. It don't matter to me. I got the number one defense. So no matter what I do, they're going to go back and they're going to get the ball for me or they're going to stop, you know, get the ball as far as either turnovers concerned or they're going to stop them on downs and then I'll get another chance. Now we've seen what we need to see and we go back. So I think that with that plug and, that plug and play system that – um, uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has, I think it has also a lot to do with the defense. Was I the only one that noticed? Because obviously most of the people listening to the show want to see the Texans get to this point at some point. All the Texans that were playing in these playoffs <laughs> and, and their names were coming up from Charles Amenahu to DJ Reader, Max Sharping starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> like he, he's starting. It, he wasn't traded away. They're like, man, you can't play. And the team with probably the hottest quarterback in the game right now saying, yeah, we'll we'll let him protect our guy. Now he's starting. Uh, yeah, Gibson. Like, there's just so many guys that it's not similar to when Mario and I'm going way back. Uh, Mario Williams left the Texans, where you're like, yeah, I see that Buffalo's giving him a hundred million dollars. Like, you know, good luck over there. These are guys that you could have for, <laughs> except for DJ Reader, 
damn near veteran minimum. Um, like you didn't have to give up a, a huge contract to keep these guys. It, it was just weird but watching that. But in hindsight, that. if we knew we were going to bottom out like we have and have no players on the roster, yeah, I probably would have overpaid for DJ Reader. I probably would have overpaid for, to keep some of these guys. Well, DJ if you're overpaying for DJ Reader, you're not thinking about bottoming out. You're thinking about building something at that time. Right. Because we're talking about four years ago. Right. I just I just mean like the idea was, oh, well, we can't pay him because we've got to have some oh, right, right, right. Got you, got you. Well, for what? It you're is, stink. You want a hot take? I'll give you a hot take right here. You ready? I'm ready. If mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan accepts the you job. You can't start a, a high take with if. Why? It, if I had a uterus, I'll be my <laughs> nephew's aunt. Come like, on, come on, Brandon You, you just got to say it. Like, you right, just got to so, say, you know what? You had a hot to- take earlier this year. And I was ready to throw this mouse pad at you when you had the hot take. Now, time will tell whether it comes true, but it's trending there. I already know. When you said Jalen Hurts was going to be better than Donovan McNabb, I, I was ready to end the show. Yeah. And again, it's not there yet because time, that's a hot take that right. is trending in the right direction. You didn't say if. No, I you didn't. You didn't say if he wins this or if he stays healthy. All right. You sat right there and no. said Jalen Hurts is going to be a better quarterback than Donovan McNabb. And I said, I'm going to throw this mouse pad No, at, no, no. That's at, good. At you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan is going to be the head coach for the Houston Texans and Charles Amenahue is going to come with him. I don't care who comes with him. And I the just reason want why D'Amico I said here. Charles Amenahue is an unrestricted free agent. He has been playing very well for the 49ers. It, yeah, he's but coming then, back. But wasn't it the deal with him and Nick? Like he got into it with, with Nick and didn't appreciate the Texans saying goodbye. I mean, I don't know. Nico's not going to change who's the uh, GM and the owner. So I'll say this. A lot of a lot of what drove Charles Amenahue away from here is gone. So, I can see that. David Cully? Uh, so, Jack used to be. <laughs> so, Smith. So he'll be back. I, I think I I will go on record by saying that D'Amico Ryans will be the head coach of the Houston Texans and Charles Amenahu is coming home. But here's the thing. Charles Amenahu coming home, it's kind of, that's cool. But you know what you better have if you want to get the best out of Charles Amenahu? What's that? You answer. D'Amico Ryans? No. What? What you better have if you want to get the most out of Charles Amenahu? A Nick Bosa. Like Charles Amenahu coming here doesn't mean he's going to have the same stat line or impact at, that he's having in San Francisco. Like if you bring in Charles Amenahu, you still need a Will Anderson. I'm not going to say Will Anderson. He hasn't played one down in the NFL. Shame on you, Indy. You still need a Miles Garrett. You still need a Nick Bosa to get the most out of Charles Amenahu. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know, Indy. I think that he's he's trending upward, and especially playing in that system, knowing mm-hmm. what that system can do. Because so, you know sometimes when Bosa Bosa is not in the game and he's still in there, he's still making an impact. See, so, most of the time I see him with pressures, quarterback hits. Most of the time is when Bosa's getting double teamed. I will say this: a healthy, a healthy Jonathan Grenard and Charles Amenahue. I think that that's a good one-two punch on that uh, defensive good. line for the Houston Texans. And don't forget Jerry Hughes. Yeah, the, oh, the oh cannot forget yeah. Jerry Hughes. Quick timeout: Bonnie, Joe, Michael, Steve, Roger. We see you there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Welcome in, welcome back this Monday. Hope you're enjoying this cold weather. I like it. I like having a little winter season, especially when it's not too cold. Before we move on, we're going straight to the calls because we've said enough and it's time for you, uh, the Houston sports fan, to be heard. But I got to say this. There were plays that I watched in that Dallas-San Francisco game, and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, where I said, wow, Michael Parsons is a beast. Yep. There are plays that unless... If you're really watching the game, 
There was one play where he literally defeated two blockers and ended one with a hump move that yep. just reminded me of Reggie White to get a quarterback pressure. And I don't know if the pressures uh, show up on the stat line. I know the quarterback hits do where it just didn't get any better than that. So, yeah, let me make sure I give props to Michael Parsons. And, and shout out to the guy who recovered the fumble for uh, Dallas, Damone Clark. Mm -hmm. can't remember where he went to school, but good player. Rice guy, probably. Uh, LSU. Yeah. Indy, you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, you know, Michael Parsons not making, not being chosen as all pro by the NFLPA. Mm -hmm. And I said, we, we looked up his stats. Chris looked up his stats, and I said, his stats does not do him justice. Right. Plays because like of that. the impact that he has on the game. And plays like that uh, prove it. Bonnie Joe, good morning. How are you? Good morning, ND, Big Sarge, Chris, everybody, Trey. Okay, um, so I'll get to this real quick, because actually Big Sarge stole a lot of my thunder. I, I totally agree with everything he said about the Cowboys. Um, so just not as eloquently as he did, but if I can just say my thoughts real quick. Absolutely. As well. um, after, you know, for being, not after, I still am, being a Cowboys fan for 50 plus years, it was so disappointing to see that yesterday, but it was more frustrating and more of a here we go again feeling for me. And to me, and I know I harp on this all the time, what's sad is that it's become very apparent to me since Jerry Jones became the owner um, that until he's willing to hire an above-average coach and not meddle in the coaching, the Cowboys are going to continue to be like this. J you know, Sarge said it much better, but the same thing. And um, Dak did have an up-and-down season, and, you know, Marr was just horrible in that wild-card game, and then we couldn't trust him yesterday. But all in all, the Cowboys team is full of talent, and it's just sickening for those of us who are like true and loyal fans to watch this mediocrity year after year, actually decade after decade. Um, and then just one thing on the 49ers, um, I think Purdy, I like Purdy a lot. I'm real impressed with him, but I do agree um, that I think they are like, well, I mean, you didn't say they were the best coach team in the, in the league, but I think they're one of the best coach teams in the entire league, as much as I can't stand them because of the Dwight Clark catch way back. Um, I still think I, I think they are they're really a great, great team. And that's all I have today. Thank y'all. As always, Bonnie, great call and appreciate it. Uh let me ask you, Big Sarge, right now, both of y'all, but I'll start with you since you're the uh admitted cowboy fan. Is Mike McCarthy and or Dak Prescott seat hot right now? Dak Prescott's seat isn't hot because he... Because of his contract. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's 21.4% 20, of the cap. And so, you know, his seat is not hot at all. His seat ain't even lukewarm because Jerry's not going to do that. Mike McCarthy's is. Mike McCarthy's and Kellen Moore's. Theirs is on fire. But, like Jerry said last night, you know, Mike McCarthy's job is not in jeopardy. But we've heard Jerry lie about a lot of things before. So that seat should be super hot for Mike McCarthy with the way that he called that game on yesterday. 713-212-5790 if you want to jump in. Only thing I'll say, though, is he, his Mike McCarthy's coaching didn't cause Dak to throw a couple of bad interceptions. Like, the player does have to take some responsibility for not playing up to his I level, think he's right? getting a whole lot of the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is listen to any of the uh, national shows right now. You would think Dak oh, no, Prescott no, no, was know, the but, only but he's guy. He's saying like it's on Mike McCarthy, but at what point does the like you know we we go through this in baseball all the time? Oh, Dusty didn't do this. Well, Dusty ain't holding the bat for Trey Mancini whiffing on pitch after pitch. Like at some point, it is the player has to step up, but. 
to that point, I've seen a lot of Cowboy fans on social media saying, whoa, i got to get rid of Dak. Look, I, I think this is very fixable, and this is an interesting question I tweeted out last night. Who, do, who needs Sean Payton most to fix them right now? Dak, Kyler Murray, or Russell Wilson? All three of those, well, the Cowboys have a head coach, but presumably if you could fire Mike McCarthy with the guarantee that Sean Payton would come to Dallas, which one of those guys could use a Sean Payton to fix them right now of those three? All of the above, my thing is, yeah. I, I'm not ready to say that if Sean Payton becomes the coach of the Denver Broncos, then it's a given that Russell Wilson returns to form. I'm not ready to say that if Sean Payton becomes the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, then Dak Prescott plays the way he played last week more consistently deep into the playoffs. But who needs a good core, uh, excuse me, coach to help the quarterback progress? All of them. <laughs> like, that's a good question. I don't know who needs it more. And Dak's all encompassing. I'm not just using yesterday as, granted, he was great against Tampa, but big picture all year long, man, was he not good. Like, it was just inconsistent play and a lot more turnovers this year. And there were games where we watched, even when the Cowboys won, I was looking going, what's wrong with Dak? Why is he, like, why does he look so bad? And Chris, that's what I'm saying. Like, yesterday, that one game does not. You know, it, it, we're not putting everything on one game saying that's why Mike McCarthy should be fired. We're talking about two years worth of work. Like that one game, okay, yesterday, you, you can even push that to the side, even though he had a lot of gaps as far as time was concerned, time management was concerned, especially when they got the ball back with three minutes and Dak went three and out. But we're talking about overtime, Chris, just overtime. He isn't the the coach that could take them to the next level. Now, what I will say is I, I said this. Uh, I, I put this out on Twitter on yesterday, and I said that if Dallas, like we're looking at what Dak did on yesterday, and real Dallas Cowboy fans won't tell you, will, will tell you that it isn't just yesterday. It's what happened against the Green Bay Packers. They win that game. What about against the Jacksonville Jaguars? They win that game. They win those two games. Guess where they're playing that divisional game at yesterday? In Arlington. So it's those things throughout the season that, that, that went on that I say the reason why Dak should be gone. I mean, not gone, but Dak should should uh, have the responsibility and Mike McCarthy should be gone. 713-212-5790. Let's head out to Katie and talk to Steve. What's up, Steve? Hey, Andy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Okay. So I think you used the word uh, notice. Uh, this isn't my question. I'm going to put it out there. Did you notice that if you go from left to right, west to east, it goes San Francisco, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia. That's like a straight line. Okay, that's my anomaly that I don't want to talk about. But um, it's kind of weird, huh? But, um, okay, so okay, so mayor, you know, they're crying about mayor. Um, my question is, if it's an if, I hate that, but if if they would have scored a touchdown, and I know he made two field goals, would they have gone for two points or one point? It's funny you ask that. I was asking that while I was watching the game because, look, it, it's not a given that he makes that point after right he, now. He'll get it. He'll get it? He would have got it. Yeah, he got right. back on track. All right, what else you got, Steve? There's your answer for that one. Uh, uh, I know you probably want Philadelphia, but who do you think is going to really win? And I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate that. My heart is with Philadelphia as I'm wearing a Philadelphia, Philadelphia beanie that they sent over to the former players. But, man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about San Fran. Why? 
What do you mean, why? Did you see what they just did to your Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, but, ner- but, I'm nervous. Uh, why do we want the Mico? He's got the, that defense balling. The Eagles ain't the Cowboys, though. The Eagles True. are not the Cowboys. They are uh, head and shoulders above the Dallas Cowboys. And when the Dallas Cowboys play them them close, it's because they're they're in a division, the same division. But that Eagles team led by Jalen Hurts, no, they they're way better than what they they're the best team that the 49ers will see this year. All right, it's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Roger, what's up, Roger? How are you doing, guys? How are you? Uh, good. Love your show. Thanks. And I'm sorry about that last time. Uh, Indy, I uh, said KB. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I <remember>. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. Roger, you there? I said it's all good. No hard feelings. And Trey, what did you, Trey, Trey were you upset? Were, were you upset with Roger? Trey, did you silence his mic? All right, Roger. If you can hear us, we can't hear you. But that does take us to our next timeout. If you want to jump in, seven one three two one two five seven nine zero in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk seven ninety. Watch new pussycat. Watch new pussycat. Play that, Trey. Play it. You requested this? Yes. <laughs> I discovered Tom Jones. Oh, really? I just discovered him. I he was on Fresh Prince back in the day. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Carlton now I do with Carlton loving him. Yeah. Turn that up, Trey. He did like a battle with Jennifer Hudson. And... When they introduced the battle with Tom Jones, Jennifer Hudson, I'm like, oh, what's this? What's this old man? He's about to get crushed. He was strong, so I went back and listened to all his albums. The ladies, not man. all of them. Big ladies, man. Oh, he's strong. He's singing this to the Dallas Cowboys right now. All right, good job, Trey. Appreciate that. Do you know of Tom Jones? Have you heard of him? I've heard of Tom Jones. Very strong. You got. You have to listen to his other work. It's not unusual. One, so. That's the big one. Yeah, that's the one that, that was, was on, on Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince. Yeah, that was the one that was on Fresh Prince. So, yeah, I have a new rabbit hole that I'll be going down this week, and my, it's the Tom Jones rabbit hole. My rabbit hole is, is country trap music. That stuff you sent was, yeah. yeah. Explain for our listeners what country trap music is in 10 seconds or wherever, less. Wherever you can find music at, go and look up Jamie Ray. That's all I'm going to say to you. Country trap music. You failed the assignment. I told him that I don't need to say anymore. Just go look them up. <laughs> a lot of our listeners don't look people up on online. Then what? The, how do they listen to music then? Like, like they, me with CDs. So you have to explain. Especially our country listeners. They're, they're, they're not li- li- on Spotify. Oh, my God. Is man. that what you listen to, Spotify? No. Apple Music. Apple. So they got Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud. There is a lot of it's places. It's a mixture of trap, hip-hop, and country music, And it's basically. amazing. It's like Bub- Bubba Sparks kind of started. I that, wish right? him and Bubba Sparks would do yeah. a, uh, a song together, a collab, but no, this dude is... I think he's from Florida, too, so that's I what makes what it better. I wonder what Bun B, my, my play cousin, my close and personal friend, uh, we, we grew up together, who's a platinum artist. I wonder what he feels about. What do you call it? Country trap. I'm, I'm gonna text him. He, he's been trying to call me, and I've just been too busy. So I'm gonna, t- <laughs> I'm gonna text Bun and ask him what he feels about country trap. All right, Roger, we we got disconnected, or we couldn't hear you. Uh, the floor is yours, Roger. Okay, can you hear me, guys? Now, yes, we can. Okay, love your show. Okay, uh, you know that game yesterday with Dallas and San Francisco, it was one for the ages. I mean, I thought it was a great game defensively. Offensively, you know, uh, there were struggles because of the defense. Uh, you know, Bosa was a big part of that game. 
uh, they took him out for a couple of series, you know, and, and, and Dallas came back with some, some passes and they laid off their, uh, their pass rush. But here's my question, you know, since I've been hearing about Demuco Rounds coming to Houston and whatnot, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know, I, I, I love Demuco. I, you know, ever since he's been a Texan, but here's my question with the, with the, you know, the team that we have now, do you think we're still in rebuilt mode and D'Amico coming in uh, with that situation? Do you Because obviously they don't have the potentials of Fred Warner. They don't have a Bosa. And they don't have that that, uh, that cornerback that, uh, what's his name, the one that intercepted the ball from Dak Prescott on a, on a pivotal play? Uh, it starts with an L. I can't remember. Link, Lincoln or I can't but we yeah, get, we, we get the we get the gist of what you're saying. Like to answer your question, Roger, yes, they're absolutely in rebuild mode, regardless of who the coach is. Now, the question, you know, it sounds like you're asking, do you want a rookie head coach uh, like D'Amico Ryan's to take on that role? Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing the success uh, that some of these so-called rookie head coaches are having. Now, will they be able to sustain it, or will it be like Sean McVay over with the Rams? You know what? I think the Houston Texans will take a Super Bowl and then a bad season after that if it came down to it uh with D'Amico my concern with wherever he goes it has to be the right situation as far as letting him truly be the head coach and not just uh a figurehead I don't want him to go as a guy that really appreciates D'Amico and considers him a friend I don't want him to go somewhere and okay here's the deal you're gonna be the head coach but during the games you see I'm gonna put these headphones on and I'm gonna hear the same things you hear and if you make a, a call or if your offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator makes a call and I don't like it because you know I know more football than you then I'm just gonna buzz down and change the play or if you decide to start a quarterback but I feel like somebody else should start I'm just gonna buzz down and and change that way of thinking are you cool with that like I don't want him in that position I want him to get the same respect that these other coaches are getting and let him use his mind and his decisions and his leadership to help turn this program around. 713-212-5790. If you want to jump in, let's head out to Tomball and talk to Alan. What's going on, Alan? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Love the show. Thank you. As always. So so let me just ask this. I, I, I enjoy watching football. I played a little bit in high school, but, I, you know, I have – I'm probably the worst football player ever in history, but <laughs> anyway, I'm um, you know I don't know I don't know a lot about the game. I just enjoy watching it. So let me ask this: you know, it's amazing to me, and I just want your opinion on this, Indy. You know, you see a player like Trevor Lawrence when he first came into the league. You know, unfortunately, he had a terrible coach, and man, it, he was just doing terrible. And I was like, man, I hope this guy really, really, you know, blooms blooms and becomes successful and then you see you see the Jacksonville Jaguars bring in a new head coach and then now you see this team go from like 4 and 12 to like 12 and 4 and it amazes me now I don't know if it's the it's the coach or it's the quarterback or it's, it's got to be a balance of how how that works in unison you know to make a team better and then do you think Jacksonville from what I understand, from what I saw, you know, they're they're only on their way up. Would you agree? Not only will I agree, uh, Alan, and, and they didn't go from four and twelve to twelve and four. They went nine and eight, but they still won their division. It's funny you bring yeah. that up. I, I was thinking on my way up here, Alan. You, you know what? We probably won't get a chance to talk about this, but the Jags. 
the combination of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, their head coach, former quarterback in the NFL, former offensive coordinator, who also happened to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as his quarterback, they're going to be a problem yeah. in the AFC South for a long time because of what you just said. Trevor Lawrence is that guy that many people say is a generational talent. Now he has the coach to go with him. It, it takes it takes a team. We always when you talk about a quarterback reaching his potential, it takes a team. And I'm not talking about just the wide receivers, the tight end, the guys blocking them. I'm talking about the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, the head coach, really knowing what they have in him. Urban Meyer completely fumbled that. And Doug Peterson's picked it up and he's taken it to a whole new level. And the Jack, look, the Houston Texans, as they're trying to turn this thing around, and every division has that team. Every If you're talking AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, they're going to be a problem for a while. If you're talking the AFC North, good luck beating the Cincinnati Bengals within the next three or four years. Uh, AFC West, you know, you say the same thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. But it looks like for the AFC South, again, with Trevor Lawrence becoming the leader that he's becoming. And I know a lot of this seems corny and it, it doesn't seem to be a big deal. But I was watching that game, and when Jacksonville lost – and it didn't feel like he was doing it for the camera. So let me put that out there because some guys, they do things and it's like, yeah, you know what? They're doing that for the camera. When Trevor Lawrence ran to the tunnel and instead of running up at the tunnel, he stayed at the lip of the tunnel, turned around and dapped up all of his teammates after that loss as they were going into the locker room. That's when I thought, Allen, uh-oh, not only is he a good player, he seems to be a pretty good leader and he seems to be a guy that a lot of those other players want to play for. Yeah, Andy, if you look at that game, because, you know, I picked Jacksonville, and I'm not afraid to say it, I picked Jacksonville to upset the Chiefs, and I thought that my prediction was going to come, you know, especially with the one-legged Patrick <laughs> right. Mahomes. Yeah, when well, Mahomes went out, you're like, yeah. oh, uh, this yeah. is going to happen. But I'm like, he could have been on crutches, and he would still be, be Jacksonville. <laughs> so, But you know what changed the trajectory of that game? And I like what I've seen from – I like what I'm seeing from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like what I'm seeing from Trevor Lawrence. If Christian Kirk catches that ball. Yeah, yeah, that if, drop. If, oh. he, if he catches that ball, that changes the trajectory of that game. And for those that don't – and see it, there was a pass that Trevor Lawrence threw that traveled 65 yards in the air, hit Christian Kirk right in the bread basket. And I think Christian Kirk was like, oh, the ball made it to right. me? Like, who, who does that? And, and he just dropped what should have been an easy, huge gain or touchdown if he keeps his feet. Well, I and, still, and they and he, he drops the ball. I still stand by Agnew didn't fumble. That wasn't a catch. They The, the fumble at the goal, like they're going in to score there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make it, um, you know, that and they call it a fumble. Like, if they score right there, it's a three-point game. They still need to get the onside kick, but, like, they were driving there. And then they, they throws the high pass to Agnew. He goes up to catch it, turns, starts to move, and then the ball comes out. I was like, in real time, it didn't look like a catch. Right. They reviewed it. And they're like, nope, still a fumble. So, I don't know. Yeah. If, if Patrick Mahomes isn't himself, Cincinnati runs away with it. If you have a, a healthy Patrick Mahomes... You almost still have to give the edge to Cincinnati, even though Kansas City's playing at home because Cincinnati's beaten them the last three times they've played them. But, man, if Patrick Mahomes, he's not not going to play. So Chad Henney, as decent as Chad Henney was in his short time there, and he threw a touchdown uh, when he went in for Patrick Mahomes, if if you don't have a healthy Patrick Mahomes, it's Cincinnati. Matter of fact, if I'm putting money right now on the game, I'd put it on Cincinnati, even though I would love to see Kansas City against Philadelphia because of all the storylines. Two Texas boys yeah. at the quarterback position. Uh, Andy Reid playing against the team that kicked him out of Philadelphia, you know, even after he took him to a Super Bowl. Uh, there, there are so many storylines that would be great, but 
if Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Mixon, um, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, they're going to like, <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't even talked about Joey Franchise. We got to talk a lot about Joey Franchise an hour, too. Indy, let me ask you a question as a defensive player. Because as I'm watching that Jacksonville, uh, Kansas City game, I'm wondering to myself, like, there's, there's got to be a way that you put all the focus on Travis Kelsey. How do you allow an all-pro to just wander around aimlessly throughout the middle of the field and do whatever he wants? Like, as a defensive player coming in, like, you all would have game planned for him, right? And say, okay, we got to make sure we know where Travis Kelsey is at all times. No, that's what makes him special. Those, those the Travis Kelseys of the world, the George Kittles of the world, those great tight ends, they know where the soft spot is on that defense and gotcha. they find it. And that they have this, uh, you know, relationship with their quarterback where even if he's supposed to run a certain route, if there's a soft spot of that de- defense, they find it and they're on the same page as the quarterback. So you're absolutely right. I mean, but here's the thing. Every, do you really think, and I'm just saying this, uh, you know, I'm not expecting an answer, but do you really think the defensive coordinator for Jacksonville was like, oh, Travis Kelsey, we're not worried about him. We have, we have to stop uh, Kadarius Tony. Like, that's who we're going to focus on? No, they knew that they had to stop Travis Kelsey. But when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the way he extends plays, you could only cover a guy like Travis Kelsey for so long. Keep in mind, before the injury, Patrick Mahomes was making plays where you're like, oh, he's the best quarterback, you know, in the NFL. Like, he was extending plays, uh, avoiding sacks, and, and making throws on the run where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Patrick Mahomes we've all said is the best quarterback. Now, with a high ankle sprain, it's going to be very, very difficult uh, to beat those Cincinnati Bengals. Jay Money, Colton, we see you there. Quick timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. With N.D. Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back. One hour down, one hour to go where we are. NFL football playoff divisional round heavy here in the trenches. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Also, that's all we're talking about because NB... NBA, when are y'all going to get big on the NBA talk? When the season's completely over? NBA talk? It has to be, yeah. Because there's some interesting things going on in the NBA. We're not going to push it today, but just looking around. Speaking of the NBA, did y'all see Shannon Sharp, former NFL player, Hall of Fame tight end, who's on one of these nationally televised sports talk shows, does a great job, by the way. Apparently, somebody from... One or what team was he at? Grizzlies. Grizzlies isn't happy with Shannon Sharp. And we had a situation where he he acted an ass. They all acted an ass. Yeah. So well, we saw that with Shannon Sharp. Any any thoughts on that before we go back to our football talk? And let me preface my statement by saying this. He did apologize. Does anybody know what led to that? It was yes. John ja, ja Morant. Mm-hmm. No. John ja, ja Morant. Turt, Turt was walking and said, sit your ass down. Now, did somebody say something before that? No, he got into it with Desmond Bain. He told okay, Desmond so Bain, Bain he, was said too, something. he was too small to hold But John Morant the, walked up and said, sit your ass down. And then Ja's dad started spouting off. But yeah, that was after. So, um, like, was he joking? Because you don't tell a grown man to sit your ass. Well, a, a game or two before, mm-hmm. um, 
LeBron and ba- and Bain had gotten it. LeBron and uh, yeah, and someone else I forgot got into it. And uh, LeBron was like, "Yo, you're not gonna be talking to me like that because the Grizzlies." And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. The Grizzlies talk a lot of trash, a lot of trash. You see how much trash they talk to the Golden State Warriors. So they had been jawing back and forth. And so what uh, Shannon Sharp told Bain was, you're too small to hold LeBron. And then he turned and he said something. Wait, wait. So you said he told that to Desmond Bain. Bain. Okay. So he, Desmond like he was at a game or he said it Court on side his- at the lake. Court side, yeah. Okay. The, the plane in L.A. Got you. Thank you. Okay. He stands up and yells, you can't guard LeBron. Walks on the court. And it's like, all right, well, first off, go <laughs> sit back in your courtside seat. Don't. So he started it. No, he didn't walk on the court, though. This he is was him on the court. That's afterwards, though, Chris. That's after everything got started. What he said was, you're too you're too small to hold LeBron. And then Desmond Bain said, F you. And then he said, F you back. And then that's when they started going back and forth. John Morant walks over. Steven Adams walks over. And then that's when T. Morant walks over, which, by the way, at the end of that, they made up or whatever the case may be. Okay, so uh, Shannon Sharp was the instigator. You don't go to a man's work and mock him and not expect him to say anything. So, you know what? Good for you, Desmond Bain, you TCU horn Frog representing well, Texas like that. This is the problem with the hot take shows, though. Mm-hmm. Like, the Skip Bayless's and all. Skip Bayless gets paid, what, like $10, 13000000 million a year or something stupid? Mm-hmm. He does it right. He sits in his little cave. He has all his mentions turned off on, on, on Twitter. He tweets out whatever his thought is, but he stays away from it. If Skip Bayless were to go sit courtside in an NBA game or something like he'd get his ass beat. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, when you live in the hot take business and you do that kind of stuff, players listen. Players pay attention to that. And so Shannon Sharp maybe has said something, like like you said, said something about Desmond Bain in the past. Or well, now you're sitting courtside, right, where we can all see it? Yeah. Somebody's going to say so something. So did it start when, was it was he actually at the game heckling Desmond Bain? Yes. Or was it Desmond Bain? This is the video starts. He's yelling, you can't handle LeBron. Get the bleep out of here. Bain's walking away, says, bleep you. John Morant walks up, says, sit your ass down. Well, and I he take, keeps walking towards him. I take back what I said about John Morant. In that uh, scenario, he absolutely should have sat his ass down. I thought it was a situation where Desmond Bain and the Memphis Grizzlies were having a pretty good season, by the way. I thought they heard him say something on his show, and then they saw him, and then they're reacting like, you know, uh, emotional little individuals. But, yeah, if you're at the game, that's just the heat of the moment. If you're at the game and you're Desmond Bain and you're only 6'5", and you're sitting here trying to – you got your hands full trying to guard LeBron. <laughs> I think it was Dylan Brooks. That he was yelling at? Yeah, I think Shannon Sharp was yelling at Dylan Brooks, and then Dylan Brooks said "f you," and then okay. Well, either way, well, so most of our listeners, mo- most of our him. listeners, don't even know uh, anybody outside of John Moran. Let's just be real. So either way, he yelled and appreciate that trade at a current player while he was playing. Yeah, they they responded the right way. Yeah, sit your ass down, shut up. Like so, so Shannon Sharp was acting like a fan in that situation. So that leads me to the question that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the media being fans? Can the media be fans? Absolutely. Matter of fact, I think most members of the media, the what drove them to that industry, what drove them uh, to that job is that they that they were huge fans of a certain sport. And then along the way, they became trolls or be- along the way they realized, oh, this is how I have to act if I want to up my pay, if I want to become relevant and not just some local host. I got to become a uh, what you call him? Uh, Colin Cowherd, Colin Cowherd type, or hot take artist. Yeah, the guy who's on the show with um, Shannon Sharp, Skip yeah. Bayless. Skip Bayless. Like those guys make millions upon millions of dollars, not because they're breaking down uh, uh, plays. Like Dan Orlovsky, 
the way he broke down football this morning was awesome. Yes. It was awesome. Like I for I don't know who all watched it, but it was that's why I think Dan Orlovsky is great at what he does. But if you want that kind of money, the Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, you, you have to do the, the ignorant stuff. So my point is, yeah, they could be fans because I believe that's what led them to uh, their job. Any, any Adam Wexler, you know, the way he studies. I've talked about this before. Years ago, I did a show with Adam Wexler, and he showed me an Excel sheet of <laughs> his breakdown yeah. on a topic. And I was like, man, that's impressive. Like, And I remember thinking... Why the hell are you worried about sports? Like, I was fed up with sports at the time. Like, with your mind, you should be in finance. You should be a uh, uh, law, you know, in law, like making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of dollars, which he may be doing here anyway. But, it, you know, I was so impressed with his breakdown. He He's obviously a fan. Um, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. So, yeah, it's okay for them to be fans. Now, where it's not okay is when you disrespect the players. Like, there are also some on-air hosts when they say something about an individual player, I just say to myself, I wonder if he's man enough to say that to that player's face. Like, don't be that bitch who's talking about players and calling them out of their name behind the mic if you won't say the exact same thing in their face. Now, that's where I'll credit Shannon Sharp. <laughs> it looks yeah. like, it appears, even though I don't like it, you're 55, you know, act like a grown-up. It looks like whatever he's saying about these players on his show He's man enough to say to him in person, which led to the dust up. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, media personalities who will not say what they say uh, on air to to these players. But I will say this though, Indy, I so I don't feel like he was disrespectful because all he said is what any casual fan would have said. Hey, uh, or not a casual fan, but a a, a, a sports fan would have said, "You too small to hold LeBron." That's not. That, that's not disrespectful. That's but not most, degrading. Uh, but most of sports not, fans wouldn't stand up and, uh, and walk onto the court yelling it. I mean, yeah. you yell it from the cheap seats or whatever, but like when you're sitting courtside, you're expected to carry yourself with a little bit more etiquette. That's not it. That, but there's he's a fan. Like, that's how fans act. Like, it, uh, put it like this come tonight to the Rockets game and watch it. Yeah, show how me much, how many fans walk onto the court. That, but he didn't walk onto the court, Chris. He did. His seats, are, the video. his seats are on the court, he's on the wood. His feet are on and the wood. And as he says the words with the player, he he's takes, still behind the line. Walk, come on. He's not on the but court, Chris. A, I think Shannon Sharp should be above that. I don't. Above that. like Or understand that they're going to yeah back at you. Here, and again, I didn't see. I don't know the, the time sequence of when it got out of hand. But if you're Shannon Sharp and you're going to get out of your seat and be on the court like the video that Chris is showing us as we speak – you have to expect the players to say something back to you. All he said was, you're too small to hold LeBron. And then then the, the player said, F you. Yeah. So he responded with, F you. So, but, what, but then something else happened. Because yeah. if it stopped there, that's fine. That's no, just banter. It escalated. So right. what I'm saying is, is that I feel like the player was more disrespectful than Shannon Sharp no, was. No, no. If you go somewhere and heckle a player, you have to expect him or her to respond. If I'm the Lakers, I tell Shannon Sharp, you, you can't say courtside anymore. You want to come in no, games? No, we'll no, that's suite. overkill. We'll put you in a suite. That's and, overkill. But you don't think you should be... You can't walk on the court. You he's already apologizing. He, lo he knows how stupid he looks. But you can't give him a pass just because he's famous. Like, anybody who walks on the court... Like, you're, you're supposed to carry yourself with a certain etiquette when you sit courtside. 
No, I, I think, I think he knows how stupid because, you know, he's big, the on, in the palace again. He's big on social media and he sees like a lot of these brothers are like, come on, man, like you're making us all look bad because you're just giving them a, a, a reason to say they don't know how to act. Like he's already seen all those. He's uh, he's apologized. Like I think I think deep down he's embarrassed at how that looked because it was such a bad look. Well, he apologized this morning on his show. But guess what? The show's it's getting viral tweets and ratings and all this. So, but I don't think he'll doing. do that. Again. Let me give you a quick example, Chris. Well, I wouldn't let him if I'm like I'd be like, you go sit in a suite. Let, let me give you a quick example. Do you think, why hasn't Drake been removed then? Because Drake is the ultimate super fan, and the things that he says while he's sitting right but in I've those never two seen seats between, Drake cause almost a, a physical altercation. Right. Where, I've where never seen that. I could be wrong. Over in his face. Like yeah, Steve, but, Adam, but he look, says a lot. He talks I'm big trash. on most of those basketball players. They don't want that smoke as a youngster. Steve Adams might want that smoke. <laughs> like, he got to go to yeah, he wants that hey, smoke. Yeah, like... What you say, mate? He, he might get it handed to him, but he's probably the only one that's willing to go into that kitchen when the <laughs> heat is rolls. up. A quick timeout. Jay Money, the floor is yours on the other side in the... Tra- I gotta stay. Till I die. Till I die. Till I die. Welcome in. Welcome back in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk 790. I mentioned everybody in studio, but I forgot to mention the producer, Trey... Trey, do you still do you stay fly? What, what what's your flyest outfit, Trey? Describe it to us. Your fly, when, when you're about to go out and you say, "I'm gonna put that killer cow can wait, killer cow wait." He, he's gonna answer your call. But first, when you say, "You know what? I'm gonna hurt him. I'm gonna hurt the opposite sex with my drip." I'm assuming you. Who do you try to impress? The same sex or opposite sex when you go out? Well, um, the the opposite sex. Okay, just making yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm not into dudes. Okay, just making sure. You know, not nowadays. That there's anything wrong. Exactly. With that. Yeah. So, so when you're trying to impress the opposite sex, Trey, what does your drip look like? I usually wear these jeans um, that I have on now. Um, I have my time to shine uh, Ken Griffey shirt, Ooh. and I wear my uh, Griffey's and uh, probably my Seattle Supersonics hat. Okay, so you, you mix baseball with NBA. Yeah. Then the Griffey shoes? Yeah, the, uh, the 24s. I'm going to have to look that up. I think I remember them being fly back in the yeah. day. Because those are retro, right? The air, Yeah, I think the air, the, um, the, Ken Griffey, uh, the twenty fours. They have the twenty four on it. They made, they remade them. Uh, they just re released them, and I bought some. You usually Trey. wear those. The Griffies. I'm gonna give me some Griffies. I'm gonna look them up while uh, we let our main man Tony into the trenches. Sarge, you're a shoe guy. Have you ever had the Griffies? No, it's too heavy for me. Uh, Chris, you're also a shoe guy, kind of. Yeah, I'm just I'm just straight Nike. I, although I will say the new John Morants that are coming out, I normally don't buy shoes. Mm-hmm. Those look pretty bad. You don't buy shoes? What are you? No, from like Africa. No, like, go, player, <laughs> like player shoes. Like, oh, you know, oh, you get the new Jordans. Nah, I don't keep up with. You all mean that. the Kyrie Irving 2.0? Cause they look no. just like Kyrie's. No. See, I'll buy shoes, but I won't know that they're a player. Right. You know, I'll just buy them because yeah, I, I like them. I had a friend who was like. You're wearing shoes. It was like, oh, you got the Durants? I'm like, what? How do you, how do you know? Just look at the shoe. What it look, is. For me, it's either Nike, Converse, or Reebok. If a name is attached to it, then so also, be it. Also, who's, who's like the crappiest player in the NBA that you'd be like, that, that could have a shoe? Jeremy Lin. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one, Trey. Jeremy Lin uh, yeah, exclusives. Yeah. Trey, you're good. You, you're, you need to be on air more. That, that was a good answer yeah. right away because when you ask that question, it's kind of hard because I'm thinking, okay, who's a crappy player? And I'm not calling Jeremy Lin a crappy not player. Not crappy, but like... But, but yeah, but that's probably the you best You got those name. new Shangoons, man? Come on. 
Shingo is not a crappy player, Chris. But, but you know what I mean. Like, if he had a shoe, you'd be like, why does he have a shoe? Then the best player, Hakeem Olajuwon, may have had the worst shoe. Yeah, that's true. Of all time. I, no. bought, I bought some New Balance basketball shoes. No. Oh, they're strong. No. They're strong. Indeed. They're old school, yeah. No, Chris Webber had the worst shoes. Oh, I didn't even know he had. He went from Nike to Dada. I think I do remember. Oh, that. they was hard. <laughs> and they had the little spinners on them. I think Latrell Sprewell wore them, too. They were horrible. Oh, and that... No, I ain't going to say that. Did Sprewell get credit for the spinning rims? I, he wore shoes that had spinner, but the dot was horrible. Yeah, I think the rims that were, they were called Spreewells. And I'm like, how much money did he make off that? Tony, what's going on, Tony Tone? What's up, fellas? Hey, man, let me just get, before I get to my Shannon Shark tape, let me just say this, man. If you're a Texan fan, you should be excited because I'm telling you, man, you watching Purdy and you watching Jalen Hurts ball out, man. They've been, in, I mean, Jalen Hurts been in the league two years. Purdy, the, the rookie, it it it's just a mad. It, it, it's about what you put around them, and you know that the NFL is straight up. That the, the, the parity that the NFL brings to the table, man, I am excited by what the Texans can do in the next couple of years, not three or four years, the next couple of years. And you know what? The Cowboys should have kept Cooper Rush playing. They probably would be in a better position if Cooper Rush was behind <laughs> center. Hey, let me <laughs> let me get to my Shannon Sharp take. Yo, Big Sarge. You on Twitter always playing the peacemaker. Then you get on radio and try to push this Shannon Sharp crap. Man, Shannon Sharp was straight up trash, and he was wrong, which is the reason why he he he, he apologized. And then, like, let me say this: if Shannon Shannon Sharp went to the wrong place looking for smoke, he ain't gonna get that kind of smoke from from basketball. But if you really want smoke, Shannon Sharp, there are there are plenty of athletes that are jumping in the ring right now. I would love to see you in the ring, Shannon Sharp. Stop going to the wrong place for smoke. Go get it with go to go to the place where the smoke is. They he ain't gonna get that type of smoke from basketball. But at the end of the day, if he want it, he can find it, Indy, because they out there. Oh. <laughs> All right, appreciate that. I don't play peacemaker on on Twitter, Indy. I just feel There's like nothing wrong playing peacemaker. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. It's going back and forth on an algorithm with 240 characters. That just seems weird to me. I'm not gonna go back and forth, with people. I don't. I, I have. No I was gonna, you literally it. say you don't go back and forth, but yeah. when I come put my timeline up, <laughs> yeah. you're going back and forth with people. It's a different type of back and forth, though. So I'm a healthy, like a healthy conversation back and forth is cool. But when I like it, it gets terrible, I just play okay or cool or toodles. Okay, it, Trey, I'm looking at these Griffey shoes. You're on to something. Yeah, these are strong. Yeah, the, uh, the Freshwaters. Um, they, these are strong. By the way, the answer to the worst shoes was Stephon Marbury. Dang. Yeah, he partnered Whoa. with he partnered and with and one right. Well, it was there was a there was a retail chain back in the day called Stephen Barry's. Mm -hmm. They sold like really cheap college clothing and stuff. They partnered with him and carried the shoes for fourteen ninety nine, and that was to like you know help like low income people and that sort of thing. But the problem was the shoes stunk. I, I get, love the I get trying to make them affordable. But what about the shacks? That one was bad. Yeah. <laughs> the shacks were horrible. You know what? I it's hard for me to say that the sh when the players actually said, you know what, I'm not selling shoes for X amount because I want to make it affordable for some people. It's hard for me to, you know, look down on those shoes, but. Yeah, the Starberries. I'm looking at them now, well, and I'm got reminded. Le Levar Ball, who just the <laughs> they sell those for like 500. Like, okay, only limited amount. Come get them. And they still some people still waiting on them. <laughs> what about didn't Hakeem do that too? He, he did. He made his shoes pretty cheap. 
I think they were like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, L.A. Gear too. Some Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan said none of these are on sale. And they're all, all full retail price. And here's the thing: I'm not mad at Michael Jordan. It is <laughs> uh, line around the block. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you have people who are gonna spend you know X amount on Louis Vuitton and yeah. and whatever else is fancy, Michael Kors. Why shouldn't you, know, you spend money on Michael Jordan? If if you put a price tag on and people are willing to pay it. Then hey, more power to him. Now, if you're the dumbass who can't make rent and you can't make your light bill, but you got your six year old kid in line so you could get some Jordans for two hundred bucks, then that's on you. Stay poor. Seven one three two one two five seven nine zero. Real quick, Andy, mm -hmm. I, I, here's a player shoe I know that you appreciate: Rasheed Wallace in the Air Force Ones. I've, I don't remember those. I'll have to look them up. I'm not a big, uh, again, knowing the outside of Jordans, yeah. like KDs. And, like, I bought some shoes a couple of years ago. I just bought them because I liked them. And, like Chris said, somebody was like, oh, you got the new KDs. I was like, I, don't, I just, you know, I don't know who they are. I, <laughs> yeah, just, I like them in their own sale. But that's my favorite shoe, the Air Force Ones. Junior Seau's shoe, that was strong. When I was a kid, I really wanted those. And I think Bo it was Jackson's. more about Junior Seau. Bo Jackson's were strong as well. 713-212-5790. Jay Money, welcome to the show, Jay Money. What's up, Andy? What's uh, up, Chris and uh, Big Sarge. I'm just a little down and out today, man. Them Cowboys, I tell you, it's just... Now, this goes to you, Sarge. Now, the one thing that has been noticeable about Dak is that over the years... He has not elevated his game to where it's consistent. And this year really showed it to about his inconsistency. Because, number one, he has never hit Gallup in a stride. His passes are always too high or behind him. At times, he don't hit uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb in stride. Nor does that, that touchdown that uh, Schultz caught last week in the end zone going down the scene, Schultz had to go behind him to get it. So where is it that his game is being elevated to where you can see a consistent? Because over the last part of the season, it was consistent and known that some of those interceptions that he throw looked like they were telegraphed straight to the defense. And I don't know what is it that I understand now why Jerry hesitated about playing Dak. Because he knew that Dak was not going to be consistent, and he has flaws in his game. And it has, Big Sarge, you has always said that Dak is not consistent. And I just want to sit back, Dak, uh, Sarge, and kind of help me out with this here, because this has really been hard on me being a Cowboy fan. Y'all have a good day, fellas, and still go Cowboys. All right, before you answer that, this is what I love. When we stop talking about football and talk about something else, and the Twitter line just blows up. Um, Kenny Peacock says the Hakeem Etonics were the blank in a good way. Uh, my man Rolando says those dream Etonics were dope. You know what? Maybe I was wrong. I, I need to pull that back up. Um, Stroh's relegation says Seth Curry had shoes that looked like something a nurse would wear, not a basketball <laughs> player. Uh, Malcolm Flex Lamont says, yeah, Spreewell got rich off those spinners. Akeem actually had two shoe brown two ugh. Akeem had two shoe brands, Etonics and LA Gear. And last one regarding the shoes that I'll read uh at MHP for sure. DJH says the worst shoes were those Kobe Space Boots by Adidas. I don't remember. Oh, they that. was oh, they were those horrible. Horrible. And they were heavy. 
Did he play in them? Kobe? Yes, he did. But when he left Adidas and got with Nike, those when he put out those Hirachis, oh, they were the best. Matter of fact, he has some. They're finally bringing out the some more uh, Kobe's at the end of this year, the Grinches. And, you know, they haven't sold Kobe's in a very, very long time. Ooh, Kobe was leaving these Nike. These are bad. I'm looking at the Kobe's yeah. retro sneakers. They're releasing them in 2022. This, yeah. They released them when, Indy? Oh, they released them last year. Uh, did they? That's what it's saying. No, the, the, Kobe's signature sneakers. The Grinch, the, the red ones? These black Adidas, black and white, they're not bad. To wear with an outfit, not a... I think you may be looking at the wrong one. One of them looked like you were in tin cans on your feet. Yeah, I see oh, those, they too. heavy, too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? The uh, the tonics, the red and the red and yellow ones, the red and... What do they call it? Mustard? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the ones that... Oh, man. I seen a guy with some on at a Rockets game last... Uh, in November. And I said, man, where did you get them those from? He said he found them at a garage sale. And they were dope. I, I I wanted to buy them off his feet, but I know he wasn't going to sell them. And he said, I'm not selling them. Yeah, I take that back. Those are tonics. And you remember he put them out, Akeem Olajuwon, and tried to make them affordable. Yeah. Now, $304 to buy one in stock. Quick timeout, Killer Cow. We see you there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Good job, Trey. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Talking a little playoff football. Is the XFL and USFL both playing this season? Have y'all checked? I haven't checked yet. Yeah. They both are? Yeah. Man, I wish they would have figured out a way to combine. I know it's two separate entities. As much as I love football, and I will be watching outside of the NFL and college football, I think you could be spread too thin. To have two ancillary leagues playing at the same time, that's going to be tough. The Roughnecks are going to get the most of the attention because they're actually playing Playing here here. with Wade Phillips. The Gamblers are playing all their games in Memphis because of the lack of travels. Kevin Sumlin's coaching that one. Yeah, but I'm right. not even talking about like actually going to the game. We're just you know putting your attention, but, watching. But that's what I'm saying. Like them not even playing here. Like you might as well be called the the Fort Worth else. gamblers. Like right. you're not here. Why? How are you, Houston? If you're not playing any games here, let me ask you all a quick, a quick question. Do you think that the uh, XFL has lost some of its its luster, some of its power that it not power, but some of the excitement that it had? The momentum, absolutely. Out? Yeah, because oh, yeah. it was great before if COVID, COVID. Never hits. Yeah, that might be. It might be way bigger now than. You know, like it might be not NFL of it, but like it might be really carrying momentum at this point. Three years in, yeah, no, I would, especially with the way they started, yeah. they, they, they were on to something. But NFL is always going to be king. I mean, right now with the playoffs, uh, talking about you know the playoffs, Kansas City they win, but their quarterback is down, and it looks like the Chiefs are going to lose. Oh, we have Corey, the president <laughs> of uh, a Chiefs Kingdom, calling. What's going on, Corey? <laughs> Hey, beautiful day in Chiefs Kingdom. Is it though? Uh, is it really? Look, it is. I don't have a. I'm I'm actually rooting for my old coach Andy Reid. But when I saw your boy Patrick Mahomes limping around, they're done. I mean, J- DJ Reader, cool. Sam Hubbard. Well, they'd be done. They'd be done if Mahomes was healthy. Yeah, they're playing. They're the playing bangers. Joey franchise, and Joey franchise owns that ass in Kansas City. So. Yeah, it- he does. He does right now. That's cool. I, you know, I just, no no lies detected on that. But you know, just like uh, Clyde Edwards 
Hilaire uh, owns the bench. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we can, you know, you know, we, we, hey, first, before I, I'll get that out the way, if you look at Pacheco and you look at Clyde Edwards, seventh like rounder, said, right? Seventh rounder. That's incredible. Yeah. As I said, beginning of the season, I told you he was the best running back on this roster and he's rounded in the form. So, anyway, we'll get that out. Well, the way. if Clyde was but healthy, yeah, but we, we, you know, we'll see. Okay, you keep on believing that if you want to. <laughs> Me and Andy Reid, the enemy, we'll go ahead and ride Pacheco. Hey, by the, be on by the way, Corey, life. Joe Burrow 3-0 and against the Chiefs lifetime. He'll have a chance to make it 4-0 in Arrowhead this weekend. Okay, well, that, that, that's all good. That's all good. But we're going to see a different game. This is not last year's team. Like I said, we had that bump, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. At running at RB1, we don't have him. Our offensive line is better. Now, it, let's go back to the Jag game. Patrick Mahomes goes out, okay? Yeah, I, I was around my chief kingdom brother, and I was like, yo, just, let's just calm down. Oh, I hope he's okay, but let's stay in the moment. Andy, Andy knows it. You, you guys stay locked in. To have Chad, Chad Heaney come off the bench cold and to lead a drive, I know a lot of it was on the ground. The offensive line stepped up. The running back stepped up. He stepped up. When you see when you when the defense gets that and and he drives it down your throat, that's game over. Okay, I, yes they came back, but that's demoralizing. Okay, it, this is going to have to be a team effort. What's that? I, yes, Mahomes is not going to be able to make his spectacular out of the pocket passes that he does. But you know what the deal is with Patrick Mahomes and why he's so great that he plays inside the pocket as well as he plays outside the pocket. The offensive line is going to have to step up. The running game has to step up. The defense will have to step up. This is going to be a team game. This is the evolution of this team team from a couple years ago when it was, hey, Patrick Mahomes, put on the cape and save us. I don't think we're there that more. We're going to be physical. Our line is better than Cincinnati's line. You know what I'm saying? And I think our trenches overall will be better. Chris Jones is the best three-tech in the game. Top five in the sack. So, I mean, and our young secondary is rounded in the form. Bags is a, a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. This is championship balance. And I hate to go back to this every single time, but the DNA and the makeup of this Chiefs team is just not the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. It's the greatness of Andy, Andy Reid, being me, Bags, the whole culture. Because you know what? Who had us here in AFC championship? Fifth straight AFC championship. NFL record. Okay, I mean, I mean, like, like, and this is losing the most dynamic weapon in the league. Okay, but you know, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter, and it won't matter this week because we got one five at the helm. You are not going to keep this man out the game. You literally have to amputate his leg, and then he might be a pop. He might be questionable. But you know what? That you know sounds what I mean? good, Corey. But I think he could actually hurt them. And, and look. All jokes aside, I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, a guy that was my boss for six years as their head coach, and I have nothing but respect for him. So I only talk trash just to get under your skin. I'm rooting for him, I know. Yeah. but but I, I I don't think it looks good. Uh, it's so okay. everything you're saying, Andy, quick, Pacheco, what he's doing is amazing. He 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 um, solidifies my thought that I don't take running backs in the first two rounds because I yeah. feel like you should and be able I'm to find you. them. So when I look at uh, Pacheco, he, he's going to be my point, uh, my point person. When I say, see, this is why I feel this way. And you're right. It's not just about one player. They lose Tyreek Hill, and yet they still have the success. But, man, I just... 
Patrick Mahomes still makes that team go. The, some of the plays that he <laughs> made yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah. But before his injury, pre-injury, you were like, oh, yeah, that, that's the best player in the game right now. But once he gets hurt, he's a mere mortal. You, you know, him going out there hobbling around on one leg, I think that's only going to hurt them. I, I think I'd rather have Chad Henney go than an injured Patrick Mahomes. You know what, Indy? Is that your super hot take of the week? I wish I wish uh, the producers of Seven Night would put up a post saying, "Would you have a seventy five percent Patrick Mahomes or a hundred percent Chad in?" See, it's going to be fifty percent okay. though. Okay, okay, that's cool. Would you have a hundred percent? I'm sorry. Would you have a fifty percent Patrick Mahomes or a hundred percent Chad in? Hey. Andy, do me a favor before I go. Do me a favor in your text group of, of the NFL guys that I'd really like to see that and report back to I'll me. I'll do that. Put that poll out and tell me what mostly, uh, mostly uh, your, your boys and your NFL teammates say. Okay. Back to me. I'll do that. Appreciate right. it. And call before Appreciate the game. Call, call before the game. Appreciate your call. Yeah, it sounds crazy. But, and this isn't even a Chad Henney. I, at, what make, what, part of the reason Patrick Mahomes is so special is his escapability. Without that at fifty percent, no. Just give me Chad Henney and let me see if Eric Bieniemy is this offensive mind that I think he is. You no, know it's so funny. I felt the same way with the Dallas Cowboys. I felt like if Cooper Rush would have been quarterback yesterday, oh, the Cowboys no. would have won. Oh no! Against that San Francisco, D, I don't, I don't it's know. Not, Against not. San Francisco, <laughs> with the way I, I put it like this, with the way that some of those plays were schemed up and Dak, I put it. You remember the? You remember when Fred Warner was holding? Um, C.D. Lamb across the middle, and C.D. Lamb, like he was like stride for stride with him, and he almost caught the ball. I don't know if you remember that play mm -hmm. or not. It was in the second half, and um, they were going, they were driving, right? If Dak just turns, T.Y. Hilton is just wide it. open. Just oh, yeah, yeah, where well, he forced it. He forced it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know who makes that play? Cooper Rush. I've seen him do it in the five games he played in. So what I'm saying is fundamental. Dak isn't fundamentally sound, and that's what gets him in trouble. So I'm Okay, so you. you're, you're basically saying Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Uh, no. So what are you saying? Because I, I'm saying that he because been, Dak he was healthy. I said I would rather a healthy Chad Henney, you, you know, play in, in, in front of a 50%, whatever number we're going to put on at Patrick Mahomes. But So what are you saying? I'm saying that for this year and what I've seen in the sample size that I've seen just this year alone and for that game, I think that he could have won that game. Maybe I don't think he's a dual threat. I don't think that he's a better quarterback. Or two quarterbacks. Two oh, quarterbacks. You take a possession, I'll take a possession. Hey, real quick, before we move on, this Bengals-Bills game. So, you remember mm -hmm. last week, Indy, I said, hey, man, like, what is really the difference between Daniel Jones and Josh Allen? And then this weekend, he went out and they played pretty much the exact same game. That I, Josh Allen went to bed. I'll say this. He did. But when I was watching that game... I was thinking to myself, someone forgot to tell Joe Burrow snowing and the conditions. Yeah, right. They're like he, he looked like ice. he was the only guy who wasn't playing in in the <laughs> snow. Just uh, and good for the offensive coordinator for sticking to the game plan because a lot of them will adjust because of the conditions. They didn't do that. Killer Cow Trey, you're up next in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Riding dirty. 
You get me, Trey. I, I like you, Trey. You, you you understand the task at hand when it comes to the music that I like to come out with. You, you understand that it puts me in a certain mood as a, a 90s guy from Houston. That, that's the type of stuff that I need to hear. 713-212-5790. And yeah, I'll throw in some Tom Jones as I'm just now understanding the greatness <laughs> of Tom Jones. Why it took me into my mid-40s. Uh, to figure out about Tom Jones, I don't know, but yeah, I'm going down that rabbit hole. Seven one three two one two five seven nine zero. Let's go out and talk to Killer Cow. What's going on, Killer Cow? Hey, good morning, fellas. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Andy, Chris, I gotta disagree with you and uh, agree with Sarge. Uh, I'm quite sure those, those those tickets that Shannon paid for is like forty two hundred, and He's on court side. Chris, I disagree. He didn't pass that line. So, I mean, he was on the court, but he didn't walk on the court. And what's the difference? If he's not a media credential person at the game, but paying four or $5,000 a seat, season tickets, and he just said, you can't, you're too small, and the player turn around and throw, you, throw the F word at you? Like, so is, if, is, is the player going to be able to do that to everybody that heckles them? Because the NBA, now it's going to be interesting to see what the NBA does because normally when Westbrook and other people outburst at the uh, fans, they normally get fined. So I think the NBA going to sweep it up under the rug, but that's no different from, and I heard in Boston and Utah, hey, the, 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 the brothers get it a whole lot worse than saying you too small and all that. So, I mean, as a Pan fan, if he's heckling the player and the player gets mad, and come on, man, that's that's just part of the sport. That's what I thought, right? No, but the response is part of it. I I kind of get what you're saying, but I am of the belief and will agree to disagree, uh, Killer Cal. When you get to a certain point in life, you should be above certain things. And I feel like Shannon Sharp, at where he is in life, is an unwritten rule. And like I said, not everyone subscribes to this. But where Shannon Sharp is in life, he should be above yelling and going back and forth with other professional athletes while they're working. I mean, I, I could see that point, but man, you know, you call out a country boy from Georgia, you tell him that's, that's <laughs> you know, back in the day, that's fighting words, Andy. You know what? No, but he started is, it. So. Like I thought initially, when I was initially, right. I assumed that they were upset because of something he said on his show. Then I was like, okay, they just need to man up. But if he's in the middle of the game yelling at a player when your adrenaline is up, you're you're already kind of in that fight mode. Yeah, you better expect him to respond back to you. Well, here's the thing, Andy. It didn't start at the game because Shannon was on his show a couple of weeks back, mm -hmm. and he was going hard at Jai and all of them saying, hey, man, they show talk a lot for a team that haven't won nothing. So you know them young bucks heard that, and they just couldn't wait to get the opportunity to tell Shannon F you. But uh, on to my other point, my um, Super Bowl uh, predictions, one of them still staying. I said Baltimore over San Fran, but that uh, look, San Fran is still in it. Um, the other point that I wanted to make is uh, if D'Amico Ryan's get hired as a Texans coach, that's going to be like four straight black head coaches in the Texans history. I don't think that'll ever be duplicated. I know uh, a big guy, I forgot his name, Kansas City assistant. He was Romeo uh, Cornell. interim coach. Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell. But, yeah, that'll be four black coaches. And I know we're kind of uh, uh, short on time, but, man, what did you think about the A.R.E. situation? and uh, his outburst and uh, Bethune-Cookman uh, taking back the contract that he never signed. I just think that uh, that school got a little too into their emotions. I know Ed Reed, 
his outburst was unprofessional. But, man, I don't show up at a job and have to start cleaning trash out of offices and things like that. And we, we want black excellence at these black HBCUs, but when we get somebody that's a diamond, we treat them like a cubic zirconia. So I just wanted you to hit on that, man. And uh, great week of football coming up, and uh, <laughs> Cowboys still suck. I'm out of there. <laughs> All right, as far as Ed Reed, that deserves more time, so I'm not going to rush it. Uh, with a call, and we only got three minutes uh, and one more call. That deserves a whole segment, so we'll definitely What's talk about that. What's the gist of what happened? Uh, Ed Reed, well, he wasn't hired yet. He did not sign his contract to become the head coach of Bethune-Cookman, but he was there on campus already dealing with the kids, and then he had to clean up his office and his space. Okay, I heard something about that. And that's where he went public. Everyone, and he's my age, like everybody has to go public when they're upset with something. And basically just called him out publicly uh, before his contract was signed. So, they, so said, they turned on him and said... They said, hold my mad dog. <laughs> said, Yo, that contract, it ain't happening. There's more to be said because he does have a point. Trey, last call of the day. What's up, Trey? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? What's happening? Hey, man. Uh, first off, my, my Super Bowl prediction is still in play. I got the Bengals playing against the Eagles. Uh... And the reason why is because they have the best team. I, I've been watching this stuff all day long. Everybody's talking about Dak like he was just playing against Air yesterday. But there's a reason why a lot of the mistakes happen because they played against a better team. That, that eventually, as they started running the ball, the game became easier for Purdy. So the loss of uh, Pollard really hurts them a lot more than what people want to say. They just want to pile on that today. And I get it. That's the way side we're in right now. But ultimately, and even you know this, man, football is a team sport. Whoever well, we had the best team going to win. We give Patrick Mahomes a lot of love. We're getting that Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill got butt naked open. That's why he was able to throw it in the air. The guy was there to get, right there to get it. So uh, uh, the teams that have the more complete uh, teams, and I know San Francisco's complete too, so you can argue about them in Philly. But the teams that are complete every year, 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 and out, they win, they win a chip. They win a chip. Uh, only reason L.A. got there last year is because the guy dropped a, a, a wide-open interception to steal that game too, or you've been seeing San Francisco like three straight, three straight Super Bowls. So uh, I'll hang up and listen. No, love what you said. It's a team sport, and we do tend to forget that uh, when we start talking about, oh, this guy beat this team or this guy lost to that team. No, it's the ultimate team sport. And shout out to the Bengals' defense, by the way. I was, you know, showing love to Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. Those guys all went off, but. That bang, for the Bengals defense, if you told me on Friday they were going to hold the Bills to, to to ten points, I would have said you're crazy. In Buffalo, yeah, I mean Josh Allen is—I don't know what happened with him, but as great as he played all year long, man, these last couple of weeks he he really crapped the bed. The the one thing that stood out in that game was on the sideline, actually. You see when Stephon Diggs came and stood in front of Josh Allen while Josh Allen was looking at the fan, he was throwing his hands up. I did not like that. These receivers, they they need to take a page out of Andre Johnson's book and and not be divas. Nah, I loved it. Why? Like, what does that do for your locker room? Did you get your head in the game, man? Get your head in the game. Did it work? Did it work? Uh, No. (laughs) Exactly. But still. And now you're dividing the locker room. Well, you don't let him just think that everything that he's doing is okay. Get your head in the game, bro. I'm open. No. It's not just about you. And there's a way to do it. Hey, man, you missed me on this route. You know, if we run it again, make sure you look. There's a way to do it. But all that grandstanding so everybody can see it and it could be on Twitter, all that does, I'm telling you, it just divides the locker room. Tom Brady do it. 
He get away with it. Yeah, Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> but, but look at the, look at yeah. how you move the goalposts, though. Indy. You absolutely do. No, you can't. You absolutely do. You can't Just, move the goalposts you know because it's when Tom Norv, Brady. When Norv Turner told me, "Hey, Bruce Mick could show up late, but you can't," I was like, "I get it. I understand." Tom Brady could do some things that most players can't. All right, that's going to do it for us, God willing. Same time, same place tomorrow in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790.